Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 201. Sponsored by Manscaped. Today, we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. <laughs> we're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped Platinum Package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com and use the code WESAYTHINGS20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, that's one of the best ones they've sent. I was just going to say, that's a really good one. <laughs> they upped their game for that one. We're not talking about good. a baby. We're talking about your <laughs> baby makers. So, as always, guys, really uh, if you are in need of any, really any product that requires shaving or anything in the bathroom, pretty much, that isn't related to the toilet itself uh, and grooming. Oh, the Manscaped bidet, though. Manscaped, I mean, I'm telling you, that's that's the next step for them. That's the next step, yeah. But yeah, they've been a longtime sponsor, so if, obviously, we're able to keep them if people continue to order products. Order them if you need them, but they do have good products we can recommend. So manscaped.com and use the We Say Things 20 promo code for 20% off and free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped. Also, thank you to our InBruge tier. Thank you to the Shazcast. Suns fan sauna scrot. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I love the NBA segment, Kareem Abhaj Jabbar. Nice. Monkey Man says, I am now terrified of home invasion, so sorry that happened to you. Thank you. Pepperballs, T. Coil, Q. Ludes hopes we can get a Kezu guest episode one day. He truly is the poor man's cinder and hashtag not an ad. <laughs> Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Yeah, he, he, okay, this time it's good. This time if, you keep say, <laughs> if you keep saying it all the time, eventually... You know, Magdev love the right. first between the lanes blog feature and hopes the next one talks about new player experience in time for TI 12. We're literally not even talking about that on the podcast. I didn't find it in. I, I, I thought about putting in the outline. I don't know if it's like, <laughs> eh. eh. I've been a patron for almost two years with the main purpose of supporting Dota and getting Valve off their asses. Did it work? <laughs> yes. Disco Farm Make D. sure you stay a Patreon. Disco Patron. Farm D, Retail Ronnie, and Deep Deep Discounts. The Mega Pope and Carrot Cake is best served with cream cheese icing, true or false, TI New Zealand. We answered that last time, and it's a resounding yes, without a doubt. Also, thank you to Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Shark TM, Antiquely Seasoned Goat Balls. All right, that's new. 
Janie, Dob, nothing to see here, underscore man, guitar strings, Yves Ben Boomhead is Ben Broomhead is Ben Broomhead. Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Avocado got its name from the... I don't know what this language is. From the Nahuatl word Ahuacatl, meaning testicle due to its shape. Mr. Niebling. I've actually heard this before, that avocado is named after a testicle, but I mm. probably really butchered that language. Mm. Thank you guys so much uh, for your continued patronage for the podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast or viewing the podcast on YouTube or whatever, and you want to be a part of this, you can go to patreon.com slash we say things. There's different tiers. I believe the lowest tier you can chip in in support of the podcast, I think it's $2 a month, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And you get nothing. That was the lowest one. Yeah. Except you support this amazing show that we put on almost every week. That's right. Hell yeah. That's right. And in this amazing show, we'll start out with everyone's favorite topic that is not the NBA topic. So in other words, the second most sought after topic, the Suns fan recommends. Oh yeah. I have a new TV show for everybody. It's only eight episodes. There's only one season. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Jury Duty. So let me let me give you the premise. It's fucking hilarious. We watched it in one day. Okay. Uh, in one day? How long are the episodes? Well, in 24 hours, let's say. We've watched like four episodes, then we went to bed, and we watched the next four episodes. So within okay. 24 hours. They're 30 minutes apiece, I think. Okay. All right, all right. So... It, I don't. I actually haven't looked it up. Who made this? Uh, like what director, what producer, whatever. But it gives Lee off the Eisenberg same. and Gene Stupnitsky. I don't know the names anyway. So, but the point is, I I gave some recommendations a while back that I know a lot of people did not bother watching because it's a they're mockumentaries. But I'm telling you, if you're not a moron, you will like these shows: American Vandal season one and two, and then Players, which is the mockumentary of league of legends made by the same people what this if I show am a moron well then you can continue on uh being ignorant to the world and great things like in bruce for 100 episodes per that uh, sounds perfect for me yeah it does so this show the reason i bring that up is because it gives some of the same vibes but i don't think it's actually made by the same people but so this is the the premise and mm -hmm. they they have a a courtroom that is fake okay and they have, you know how jury duty works? I don't know if it works the mm -hmm. same way where you guys are, but people have, they're forced to go Somewhat, in. I think. People are forced to go in when they get something in the mail occasionally, jury duty. Sometimes you're picked, like you end up getting picked by the prosecutor or defendant or whatever. I don't know the names of the legal shit. So they created a completely fake case, fake courtroom, fake judge, fake lawyers, fake jury except one person on the jury was a real person that didn't know everyone was actors okay and mm -hmm. they fuck with him so hard it is hilarious extremely well done i'm not going to spoil anything it is incredible though holy shit i was blown away by how good of an idea the only problem is i don't know how you do a season two because then I mean, you have to find it's somebody known, that has right? not seen the show, yeah. which maybe there's a lot, but it's such a cool idea. And one of the I people... Think after this has become a Suns fan recommends, I think everyone will see it. So yeah, you of can't course. really run a second season anymore. That's of course. The, the so show is you called... You basically did this. The show is called Jury Duty. And they even have a... So the way they get away with it, which is cool, is 
basically they they tell everybody well in this case it's just the one guy that doesn't know ahead of time but they make it like a documentary type right mm-hmm. where they're like hey we're gonna you know this is a real case blah 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 we're we're gonna be interviewing you to see what it's like to be a juror so they're falling around with cameras that's how they get away with this guy feeling like it's actually real because everybody else is getting interviewed the same but they're all actors and he doesn't know that right, right. so it's really cool highly recommend um You'll know if you like it within the first episode. So, yeah, that's the Suns fan recommends for this week. Congratulations, right. everybody, on another great watch. On another great recommendation, Shannon. Another that's right. For the oh, you know what? Now, now that we're on this topic CD. and it's a little bit of a light episode, another Suns fan recommends real quickly. Uh, I recommended Silo, the TV show on Apple. I read the book. It's three books. I've read the first one. I'm in the middle of the second one. Extremely fucking good. Highly recommend. Didn't you already recommend that last time? I recommended the TV show, not the book. I thought you also recommended the book or said it was good so far or something. Okay, maybe I forgot. Maybe that was not on the podcast. I don't know. Either way, if you like to read and you're not a moron, enjoy. (laughs) Uh, Here we go again. (laughs) Enjoy. Disqualified. Okay, so let's... No, so I I quickly have a... I said I was going to give a verdict on this, and I actually kind of forgot to do it the last couple of episodes, but I'll give it now that I've had it sink in and I've thought about it and I've seen what they've done. So I will give my verdict on Diablo 4, the video game by Blizzard, because we've been talking about in the past many, multiple times in the past about how video game companies are doing now that I am... With good reason, I would say, losing more and more faith in Blizzard and how they've been making their games. And for me, Diablo 4 was kind of like, I'm not going to say like the final chance, but I was like, okay, if they're going to fuck this up with all the experience they've had and everything they've done, then they're just, you know, out of touch compared to what they used to be. Um, this is almost poetic. I have a so- song playing faintly in the background called Out of Touch, Shannon. It's very topical for why, this. Why are you listening to music? I listen to music all the time. While while we podcast, you listen to music so, softly in the background. Yes. When you cast, you listen uncommon? to music. Not when I cast. Not when I cast, and not when I backup record for you. Obviously, because then I can't listen to music. Okay. Otherwise, I'm, I listen. You to can music. continue. I'm just going to say I think that's weird, but maybe other people would disagree with I, me. I think a lot of people would agree with having just faint music on the okay. background. ASMR a makes I mean, you sense. You also listen yeah. to background. You also listen to background music when you're in a restaurant, right? It's just there. While you're having conversations, it's not like distracting. Yeah, but I didn't thing. agree to it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, I had fun with Diablo 4 for the first, I don't know how many hours, but a decent amount. And now I have lost basically all interest in it after I finished the campaign, more or less. Hmm. Um, I heard the same from a lot of people. It feels like... It feels like a game that was published because it had to be and it needed to be passable for players, but it does not have the longevity that Diablo 2 did, and it currently does also not have the longevity that Diablo 3 ended up having. Um, It's very possible this becomes a good game over the next year or year and a half as they patch it, but ultimately that might fall under the same issues that Diablo 3 did, where that game got significantly improved later on is what i heard but a lot of players just don't come back including myself i didn't really come back to diablo 3 um so i'm not gonna say this game was terrible because the first playthrough was fun i was enjoying myself but it gets i mean diablo games do get pretty monotonous in a way right but one of the major downsides to this game in my opinion compared to diablo 2 
in particular is there's no trading and I feel like that's one of the things that gives longevity to these multiplayer games of this kind, like hack and slash games or like this monotony, is that the trading scene and finding something cool for something else can in turn get you something cool for yourself. But you cannot trade between characters. The loot you find is a shitload of the same stuff with slight modifications. Uh, and yeah, there's just not much variety because stuff that drops is primarily for your character. Um, truly unique items are few and far in between compared to earlier versions. So I just didn't find the gearing up system as rewarding. Uh, on top of that, Diablo 4 has dynamic leveling in zones, which has one upside and one upside only, in my opinion, which is that you can play with friends of different level. So let's say you have a character that's level 50 and your friend is level 20, you can actually play together in the same zone because it just adjusts for your power level. The downside is the whole feeling of RPGs and getting more powerful gets lost because the areas just scale with you. So you never become like super powerful in one area while being weak or un like un unable to do another for the most part. It's like very few exceptions in the game. Um, and that like feeling of leveling up and progressing your character, I feel like is a huge part of RPGs. So for me, that's a mega miss. Um, it's what I always loved about the original World of Warcraft experience. How you traverse between areas, you get stronger, then things that used to be too hard are suddenly possible. Like maybe you barely can manage it and then you feel really rewarded because you did something difficult. In Diablo 4, the majority of it is not really difficult and it's not really too engaging with how you're improving your character. Um, so I don't think they're going to change that system which means that for me, that's like one of the biggest downsides of the game completely uh, will probably not be changed. Uh, they've dabbled in that direction in World of Warcraft and some of the more recent retail versions as well with dynamic zones. I don't know if they did away with it in the last one. Maybe they did. I, I, just, I just don't like the system at all. I don't if think any game should so have it. How does that work exactly? So you're level 50, your friend's level 20. Yeah. And so you get scaled down to 20? Essentially, um, I don't know how it works in essence. I think the way it works to my understanding is that the higher level character will carry the area more than the lower level one. So if you're level 50 and you're playing with a level 20, you're doing most of the work, but you have to compensate for the fact that you're two players. So effectively, it's probably just harder than playing alone. Um, mm -hmm. And and there's no the problem with the system is there's no good implementation, right? Because if you take level fifty and level twenty and you average the area out to level thirty-five, the level fifty guy will just crush it completely. Because scaling isn't linear, right? And if scaling is linear, then leveling up is not interesting. Hmm. What's funny about leveling up in video games is that you hit power spikes, right? You get a new spell that's fucking awesome. You get some really cool quest reward that makes you way more powerful than you were before, instead of getting plus one intelligence, you know, like some sort of fucking robotic level up system. I would know a thing or two about that. Um, so yeah, I guess to give me my rating, is this game worth 60 to $80 or whatever it costs? Honestly, probably not. I, I don't think it was a particularly good purchase. If I think about what other games I could buy for that price, um, I ended up spending more hours and having more fun with Hades and it cost a quarter. Or something like that. A quarter um, of I that, not a literal quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be insane. Um, let me check. I'll check my playtime in Hades. I have 82 hours total in Hades. And I definitely have less than that in Diablo 4. And Hades costs like 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I think a couple of things Blizzard probably learned from past experience in this game, but I, it's not getting me that Golden Age of Blizzard vibe once again, unfortunately. So, gotta look elsewhere for that. Um, the closest you get to it right now in, in Blizzard games is still Classic WoW, and that's because Classic WoW is a rehash of an old game that was great, and therefore it is great. Um, pretty much. Okay. I don't know what score I would give it Diablo 4. It's hard to give a score to something that's meant to have longevity, but is only good on one playthrough, really. Mm. Uh, yeah, don't know. So are, you, are you severely disappointed or just disappointed? Uh, just disappointed. Because you went severely disappointed would be if it wasn't even fun to play through the game, right? Mm. But it's still disappointing that for a game and a franchise that's that iconic, they've just not hit that magic that they did from the first two games, in my opinion. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, yep. thank you for that, that review. That was a long Sindarin. monologue. So Sinnerin does not necessarily recommend Diablo 4, but you shouldn't absolutely not buy it if you like those kind of games. But it's not the best of them. Yes. There you go. Well, thank you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, let us move on to the Riyadh Masters, which will be our main topic for today. Uh, we have a couple of smaller topics afterwards, but we'll try to break this down a bit. So I, I thought we would talk about the tournament uh, itself in terms of like what teams did well, what teams didn't, and then branch yep. off from there, talk a little bit about some extracurricular stuff. So how much of this did you watch from the early stage? I haven't really been watching the games very much. I've been staying up to date with how the tournament was progressing. Um, so I know the main storylines and everything, but like very detailed stuff about specific games is way more your ballpark for this i mean you were there so you were casting quite a lot of them right yes i think you got your hands on especially one very epic one if i remember correctly uh yeah so okay i guess we can just start with the groups there were two groups and two teams were eliminated with each group those teams were og which were using seb as a stand-in extreme gaming yeah. so chinese team out tsm and shopify now, for that group, there was a three-way tie between Tundra, TSM, and Shopify. Only one could go through to the lower bracket, and Tundra ended up winning the tiebreaker. So NA got eliminated in the group stage, and neither of the teams looked particularly good, so it wasn't really that big of a surprise. Uh, for Tundra, we should talk about Soxa, who... I don't, I don't even know if my content got aired. I guess somebody in the chat eventually can tell us uh, if people that... Because I didn't really get to watch all the content that was aired, but the first four mm -hmm. days, was it was like a four-day media day. It was really strange. And I, oh, did, no. I did some content with two teams. One was Gaming Gladiators mm -hmm. and one was Tundra. And when, basically, I went and talked to AUI and Soxa together and we had like a little mm -hmm. game show type thing. 
where I would ask very like, how well do you know your teammate? And I'd make them, I'd ask really stupid questions. Like what kind of underwear right. do you wear? Shit like that. Which <laughs> I think that's probably why they didn't air it. Cause I mentioned underwear. Mm. Um, but it, Soxa looked great. Seemed very happy. Uh, obviously he's had, I mean, we didn't, until this event, we didn't really know, or before this event, we didn't really know why he had to get subbed out for a couple tournaments prior. He's taken some breaks along with some of the other members as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think like a day or two, was it like two days after the tournament started, uh, he had to be subbed out for AUI and then he just went home again. Mm. So I think this is the second big tournament that he's done this. And then he, he actually tweeted something, which let me actually bring up exactly what the tweet is so I don't butcher it. So Sox has tweeted. Sunsfan. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, he he xed. Uh, have been struggling a bit lately with anxiety, sleep, and mental health, and due to that, I won't be playing more at Riyadh. Sorry to my teammates and Tundra for doing this last minute, and thankful for them supporting me this whole time. So first and foremost, and I messaged him privately as well. I hope that he's okay. Stuff like this is. First of all, I think it's very brave to come out and say something. I think it's actually good as well for both him mm -hmm. and other people that might be struggling with the same type of stuff. But I'm hoping that they can figure things out for TI because that's obviously not great for both him and the team because they looked really good before they had to sub in AUI. It's nothing against AUI because, I mean, can't really get much better coach to fill in. But still, it's, it's Soxa. It's hard to be Soxa. Yeah, and oh, plus they're switching you know. positions because Snake King goes to four instead of five. AUI yeah. is playing five. So anyway, they make it to the lower bracket. And how do you usually go through this? Some of the games were... So I will say from the playoff perspective, these were some of the most entertaining games of Dota that I can remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember a lot of people saying this is... Uh, saying the same thing as me but then many people coming back and saying this is it's just because it's a it's recency bias i don't think it is maybe it's because i was casting these games were beyond epic on average i think this was the most entertaining tournament ever 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 yes like on average okay, game to game might be recency bias in the playoffs for me but incredible games group stage not as great Mm. Uh, but yeah, the playoffs I thought were exceptional and I think the finals, I didn't get to see the final game cause I had to take a flight, but outside of that, the finals were in the lower, but like the last day maybe is the worst games of the playoffs, which is weird. Anyway, uh, quest went to the upper bracket and they had a very weird thing happen to them as well. Cinderin. There was a disconnect in the middle of a team fight against Game and Gladiators. This was in the lower bracket, so I guess we should mention. See, I'm doing a terrible. This is usually you doing this. I'm doing a terrible job at just, recapping it's shit. It's not that hard. You just uh, go through <laughs> the chronology one step at a time. Well, one step at a time. Just mentioning eight teams that play each other. Like nobody wants to hear that garbage. Okay, well then you can talk about the top four. Yeah, but some cool stuff happened before that. Okay. Which okay. is this. So Game of Gladiators, they You're lose. Great. Game of Gladiators lose in the first round, which everybody's really excited about because every single major, every single big tournament, they've been upper bracket kings and they haven't lost a game. So they lose and first they lost round. to Liquid for to the first Liquid. time in fucking 
eternity. They lose 2-1 to Liquid. They go to lower bracket. They play Quest, and there's a very weird game where at a crucial point where Quest was in their base, the entire Quest team disconnects, and then it's paused like a couple seconds later. But it's right at the beginning of a big team fight. So there's a long pause, and there's uh, a report. Not a report. Quest. Um, what's the word? <clears throat> they contest the fact mm -hmm. that this game should be remade, basically. Uh, because I can't remember the exact specifics, but something happened in the fight. Like, this should have happened, but because we disconnected, it was like mid-dive for a Phoenix, for example. Couldn't get off his egg. Mm -hmm. Their carry died. <laughs> they did end up killing the carry of Game and Gladiators, Duraccio, which I believe they unpaused without saying anything. So that was another kind of weird thing that happened. So there's this really long-ass pause, and then eventually mm -hmm. the, uh, the admins decided that because the game continued after you know 20 minutes and then ended after the fact that even though this fight did have some impact on the game we can't really say one way or the other if it was enough to overturn or just to remake completely because it was like halfway through the game already so right. that was one of those controversial calls um which did you catch any of that because a lot of no, the, I, I know it, i know it happened um a lot but... of the analysts like were like it was split people yeah it was really split dota is a really difficult game to gauge the the impact of something like that in because like sometimes one hero dying or one hero surviving or one hero miscasting their spells or whatever makes a relatively minor difference and other times it decides the entire game and it's not you can't just black and white look at the situation and be like yep this is definitely that kind of situation they would have lost anyway or they definitely win it's too complex for that. That's why the game never gets solved, is you just don't know. Um, so it is very tricky because you could argue that it's unfair to the winning team to remake if they were having a great fight and then, you know, tech issues happens for the other team and you do a full-on remake. The winning team will argue, well, we were going to win that fight anyway and the outcome would have been similar. And the losing team will argue it ruined everything and this fight was the one that was going to decide the game. Yeah. And you can't really tell them, no, you're definitely wrong, because even if it's a fight minute five, it has huge implication of what happens minute 40. Um, obviously, it's easier to remake a game if it's minute five, because you can be like, okay, you know, like, how much have we actually played out of the total of the game? If it happens minute 30, was this going to be a 35-minute game? Was it going to be a 70-minute game? Who the fuck knows? Right? So I don't remember um, the exact timing, but I'm going to say roughly it was like 30 to 35 minutes in already, and then it lasted mm -hmm. another 15 after the pause came to be yeah uh the thing that's unfortunate like let okay let me give you a hypothetical situation where the whole team disconnects the game gets paused shortly after but the the team that is the ben the beneficiaries of this and didn't know that the other team was crashing managed to kill the enemy carry and nothing else happened they just killed the carry so they killed one player even if that's the end of it and things disengage that carry dying could have been the outcome of the fight instead of a you know, four to one for the other team if they clutch it out, save their carry, or trade him away massively, right? And there's no way of knowing if that's the case. Certain heroes are really polarizing in that aspect. You mentioned Phoenix. That's the perfect example of a hero that can come up huge in a fight or just fall completely flat based on spell casting. And if you don't get to cast your spells, you don't really know. So yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy the admins for having to make this decision because it's really difficult. Like in an ideal scenario, you could just reload from two minutes ago, but 
that's a functionality we haven't had since Source 1, I think. Yeah. Uh, Valve did away with it. Um, I don't know why, if it's because it was too difficult to upkeep, if it was too buggy, uh, if they felt like the game was so incredibly stable now that any issues happening would always be local. And this was a local issue, right? It wasn't the server. It was the PCs crashing, right? No, incorrect. It was actually the server. No, So... This is the belief of the admins and okay. all the talent is that it was a Valve thing, a networking thing, but it's not. It wasn't a computer networking thing, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, so if it wasn't local, then yeah, this is so the perfect I, kind of case so, for. Yeah, so this is why it was so difficult, and I can understand both sides. I think if I was an admin, this is what I said. Not that I had any say, but since I've had mm. experience in this. You have to make a call relatively quick. You can't let it linger, which it did a bit. And I think you just have to make a hard call because neither case, is, like neither choice is going to be looked, it's not going to be perfect, right? There's no correct yeah. choice here. And I think if it was a PC thing and it's the, the venue or the tournament organizer's fault, those computers, I think a remake makes more sense. I but because it's Valve, probably. like which is what we're assuming, then I think this was the correct choice as well. Especially considering the game continued on for quite a while. The fight, I mean, who knows what would have happened in that fight. But yeah, it was a weird one. So anyway... I feel like this is a good case for... I mean, obviously we're talking about the loading thing, which I think would be the perfect solution, but might be hard to implement. What if you could full-on local host? I mean, yeah, we need a LAN. Like in Warcraft LAN. 3, you could yeah. just host on LAN. Zero ping. Um, yeah. What's the downside to that? Like, why do you think Valve are opposed to that idea? If they're worried about people tampering with the game and then hosting LAN or whatever, you know, you can give... You can give the... How to say... Maybe you need to manually approve tournaments and they don't want to bother with that, but you could technically, you know, have a LAN mode that's only accessible if you give people a key. <clears throat> Right, and you could give that key to tournament organizers that are running prestigious events, uh, and keep it at that, for example. So they have a land mode because at that point, if the servers crash, it's on them. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, it's so rare, though. At the same time, yeah. right? Yeah, land mode would be preferable. I think the downside is then all of your, like the entire game, is reliant on this one computer that you're hosting it on. Locally, yeah, as that's opposed to true. something I mean, via other, the cloud. There's other right? issues. Yeah, it's you're right. It's not. It's not. There's nothing here that's bulletproof, but it's about who the responsibility is on at that point. Then, right? Um. Anyway. So yeah. So anyway, to make a long story short, <clears throat> uh, Game of Gladiators beat Quest Two O in that series. I think the the disconnect happened in Game One, so that was lower bracket, and then. Gaming gladiators start going on a run. First, they beat. Oh, I should have mentioned. God, see, I fucking suck at this. The first round of the lower bracket, after they'd already lost to Team Liquid, they played Tundra, and that was an epic series where they come back and they said themselves that they feel like they should have lost that game. Fucking Snaking had like ten thousand gold that he didn't spend on Spirit Breaker. He was delaying the game for so long, and. Somehow, Game of Gladiators win that game. One of the craziest comebacks I've ever personally seen. And they felt like they had no pressure after that because they should have lost right then and there. So they continued this run. They 2-0 quest. They 2-1 bet boom, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then they finally lose to Talon in the lower bracket. But Talon, if we reverse, 
they had a more interesting uh, way to get to the lower bracket. So they oh, two boy. won. They two won Quest in the upper bracket. Yep. Then the upper bracket semis, they play Liquid. Oh my God, this game, <laughs> this game. I think I cast this game if I'm not mistaken. You did. Uh, yeah. That was the one I was referring to when I was saying you had an epic game. I think I cast both upper bracket ones that were both epic. Talon versus Liquid and then Spirit versus Bedboom. Uh, so Talon in game three. Wait, was it game three? Let me double check. Yeah, that yeah. was game three. In game three, we're winning the game and they should have won. But then 23 Savage takes his headphones off in celebration. And Zai on Broodmother teepees to... Talon's base and starts backdooring them. Now, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. So, number one, 23 Savage taking off his headphones is certainly against the rules. Now, did he find out about Zion, his base, because he heard it through the casters? Because you 100% can hear at that point. He took his headphones off and everything. Or did his team realize what was happening? So, he realizes last minute, oh my god, they're in my base. Zion's in the base. So he tries to TP suddenly, and he gets stunned with 0.3 seconds left on his channel from, I believe, Boxy. And yeah, Zai stole an avalanche. And Zai wins the game in incredible fashion. 100% they lose this game, Team Liquid. There's no way. If they just pay attention to what's going on, I don't think they win this game. Uh, yeah. so, talent, so 23 Savage celebrating, mocking, his, mocking Team Liquid, you know, the, the SCA special. And then suddenly realizes they've lost the game and now they're in the lower bracket and he looks extremely depressed. It was on live stream fails. Just yeah. genuinely felt terrible for him. And at the same time, it's now an iconic moment in Dota history, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not really one you want to be known for, right? But he's going to be laughing at that in, few, in future All right. years. And I'm chat's sure. reminding us that he, he used the glyph by accident, I think when he was taking off his headphones or some right. shit. Right, and that could have also made the difference. So there's a couple, I think there's even more, a little bit more layers to this from what I understand. The reason that he wanted to do the standing up and hands off the keyboard thing is that Mickey did that against Talon in a game, in a different tournament where Liquid beat them. Um, so I think he said prior to the game that if they were beating Liquid, he was going to do that or something like that. Or maybe he just told it to his teammates mm. or in some sort of content. I don't know if he said it on air. Uh, but yeah, he, he felt like this one was in the bag, so he was going to do it. The game is never over until the throne falls. Is something we say for a reason, right? Like, technically, you can come back and win impossible situations. And this is one of those moments where you kind of only have yourself to blame. Now, you open, an, you open up an interesting situation here, because like you talked about, the, when he's standing up in celebration, his earphones come off or whatever. What if Talon had won? then this would have been way more controversial, right? That's so, true. For the sake of that, at least the with the outcome it had, this didn't end up being a big problem. But like, let's imagine he stands up, his earphones come out, he immediately realizes Zai is pushing his base, his TP completes instead of getting canceled, and he kills the brood. Yeah. And they win the game. Yeah. What happens then, actually? I yeah. think it might have been a remake, or they might have been lost anyway. That that I was thinking about I, that as well. Yeah, they that, might that's have actually been one. assigned a death loss, to be honest, because you can't know for a fact whether he obtained information or not. It's kind of similar to the whole pure situation from the last tournament yeah. we talked about, right? Where 
he had a stream open. There's no way of proving that that stream was listened to or did any difference in the game, but you can't prove it didn't. So it's just against the rules. And this is similar. It's just against the rules to take your head so headphones off because you could obtain information that can win you the game. Yeah. Um, so in a way, fortunate, honestly, that Liquid ended up winning anyway. Because <laughs> otherwise, this might have been a... Yeah. He, he might have felt even worse if they got a death loss after winning, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, it like, actually could have been worse. Um, but the weird but yeah, thing so I find, I think this is the only criticism I have basically of the entire term, is I, I think that he, he and they, in terms of talent, should have been penalized for their next match. Because you... Mm-hmm. Like that's just could definitely make like, a case. I think for that, it yeah. sets a bad precedent that you yeah. you're taking off your headphones and yeah. So anyway, could it, could have been a soft one. Could have been a draft penalty because ultimately they didn't end up winning. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Team Liquid wins two one in epic fashion against Talon. They go to the upper bracket final. Team Spirit versus Bet Boom. Oh my god, this series was insane as well. I don't think I've ever. Actually, I know I have never experienced a game like this as a, as a caster or a spectator ever in Dota where a team, in Team Spirit in this case, was down. It went. It was 2-1, they win. Okay, Team Spirit beats Betboom 2-1. They were down for over 95% of the entire series, and they won. Oh, wow. Betboom were okay. up in all three games. Game two, let me double check which one they actually won. Betboom won the second game. So game two, they won in 44 minutes. Game one, they lost in 44 minutes, but they were up probably 40 of those 44 minutes, if not the entire game. Like, I think one of the games, they were still up net worth-wise, and they lost. Mm-hmm. Like They were up throughout the entire laning stage of every single game, and they just could not go high ground. The last game was 72-minute epic fashion. They lose uh, to uh, Team Spirit. So they go to lower bracket, and then they end up losing to Gaming Gladiators, who they said they wanted to face off so badly against. So they're out, and I picked them for top three. We'll talk about our predictions shortly after. Talon goes to lower bracket, beats nine pandas. So that means Gaming versus Talon. Talon defeats Gaming Gladiators. So finally, Gaming are out. They get top four, which is still really fucking good, but they're not going to be in the finals for the first time. In half a year. Right. Yes. Essentially, half a year they've been in every finals. So team more. Team Spirit plays That's Team insane. Liquid in the upper bracket finals. They beat them two one. So they Team Spirit goes to the finals. Team Liquid goes to the lowers, and they have a rematch against Talon, and they crush them. It this was That's very one sided series for the mega standards. Mega yeah. stomp. So Team Liquid two O's Talon. They go back. Against Team Spirit, they win game one, and then Spirit wins the next three. So Spirit are your Riyadh Masters champions. They uh, they owned man. They're I love this team. They're so fun to watch. They pick cool stuff, especially like collapse with his axe and shit like that. Very fun team, and Mposhka just seems like a really down to earth guy. So happy to root for and them. And Liquid gets second again, lest we forget. Right, so the meme. They. I mean, talk about a really impressive year for them as well, though, right? Like, obviously, people are talking about Gaming Gladiators because they won all the tournaments, but Liquid are consistently up there as well. Like, it's pretty incredible. It's also one of those things to think about, you know? Like, sometimes when people talk about it, it's always the sport I'm going to be referencing, right? In tennis, where it's like some truly outstanding players in history 
didn't get that many championships because they just happened to play at the same time as Prime Federer or Prime Nadal or Prime Djokovic, right? Michael Jordan. And it's just like, Liquid have been really fucking good this year, but they just were really good at the same time as Game and Gladiators were just insane, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like, you imagine this year without Gladiators in it, Liquid might have had three or four trophies, right? It's just... That's how it is. It's always relative to the competition. They have been second to no other team than them. They've just been second to them all the time. So that's and now if they can't overcome that and beat them, then they're going to keep. And I, I mean, now they've been second to someone else, which is no shame in losing to Spirit. They were definitely on fire this tournament. Hasn't been their most. They've been relatively quiet this year for their standards, I would say. But you always have this feeling with Spirit that any given tournament, if they get momentum, they could do it. They've done it before. Um, yeah, and it's a great time to do it for them, right? The stakes of this tournament were really high, so it's a good one to clutch out for them. So yeah, that was the tournament from a team perspective. I want to talk about my experience now, if you don't mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I was casting with Kezu, as you know, your your boy, and now my boy. Yeah. Uh, he's hilarious. Oh, he's your boy now. Yeah, he's my boy now. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> he is absolutely hilarious, and. So this was He's kind a of a clown. this was kind of a perfect storm for the bet boom games. Because <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't allowed to call them bet boom or something, right? So yeah, the, the, I'm so sad that it's actually only for this tournament because it was so fun. So bet boom, first of all, any betting sponsors at all, whether it was on the jersey or whatever, they had to actually cover them up, right? Uh, and then bet boom being the one team that has the betting sponsor in their actual name and it's actually came up in the in game still that was never fixed so we're told not to say bet boom and people mm-hmm. yeah people are kind of all antsy about it like not antsy they're anxious because mm-hmm. they don't want to say something they're not supposed to they're in saudi arabia in the end like maybe it's because i feel more comfortable because i used to live there but i know they don't really care that much about it if you say it, you say it, especially if it's on the fucking screen the whole time anyway. It's like not that big of a deal. Yeah, that dichotomy is pretty weird. That's more of a I'll Valve feature where, it, like, because they tried to make a new team called BB, but then it still reverted, mm-hmm. like the in-game name still reverted to their original. So anyway, we weren't allowed to say Bet Boom, so everybody's saying BB Team. I'm like, this fucking sounds so stupid. So Kezo and I started coming up with different names for BB, and he wrote down a big list as we kept compiling them each day and adding to them uh, and just coming up with like hilarious names. And the, the real trick, the hardest part about it, Sundaran, was not laughing. Like mm-hmm. saying like banana boat team or whatever the fuck we came up with and then not laughing was the challenge, okay? Right. I, and most of the time we just couldn't look at each other because if we saw the other person after they said we we're going to fucking die of laughter. Uh, so yeah, there was a couple that I completely lost it. I was doing so good. I didn't say bet boom the entire time, by the way. Kezu said it mm-hmm. once, so get wrecked, Kezu. Okay, nice. But the entire mm-hmm. time, I was doing so good. I was not laughing at any of the ridiculous shit I was saying. And then I said barbecue team, and I fucking could <laughs> I just started... <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I said, uh. all right, I banned myself <clears throat> from saying that one. And there was a couple other good ones, like uh, sorry to make this a topic, but I just found it so funny. Because um, some of the talent asked us to do some of the names as well, eventually. Because it became like this 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 meme. So mm-hmm. BSJ is like, if you could say 
that was smooth like a baby's bottom team that would be good so i did that the next day of course uh but yeah it was a lot of fun that's good and i <laughs> next time we cast bet boom you and i like oh you're gonna have to <laughs> restrain yourself i have to but it's sad because it's actually uh preferable to saying bet boom honestly but as for the actual experience overall it was interesting um so we were in a room we, we weren't on camera the entire time which was great for me even though i brought my jackets because they didn't tell me i wasn't going to be on camera didn't have to get makeup could just be my fat self wear shorts do whatever the fuck i wanted it was great it was actually a great experience um they have this enormous venue I don't even know what to call it. It's crazy. It's like this. I mean, if you watch the tournament, you, you'll see like little shots here and there. Think of an outdoor mall, except mm. huge. <clears throat> like, I don't even, I don't know how big it was because I didn't even get to walk around the whole thing, but it is enormous. It's almost like a, like a fair, like where you go and, you know, the fairs that you have, local fairs, whatever, you can try to shoot basket hoop and you, or basketball into the hoop and you get like a plushie or something like that like a bunch of different mm -hmm. games just scattered throughout restaurants there's an enormous i think i posted a video on my instagram enormous circular food court and there's two of those apparently like i cannot begin to tell you how fucking huge this thing was and they had a certain section for gamers eight which is like more gaming related stuff um but it was packed all the time like once the sun started to go down, it was just packed with people constantly every day. Mm -hmm. And so that alone was pretty incredible. And they had like, uh, if you guys have heard of a show called Peak, Peaky Blinders, I've never actually seen it, but I've, I've seen. I've heard that name. Yeah, I, I've <clears throat> seen it around or whatever. They had like a, a big building right next to where we were casting called Peaky Blinders. I'm like, what the hell is this? Apparently... Some of the cast, which I think it's lower end cast, go to this, like, it's almost like an escape room type thing. Like, this is how they describe it to me because I didn't get to go in because it wasn't out yet. Uh, it's, it's like an escape room thing with the cast helping you out or something like that. Like, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. And they change it every year. I guess last, last year it was uh, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Mm. or something like that <clears throat> so they constantly change the theme of a lot of these places and they start constructing things like the, one of the guys was telling me uh fancy uh fancies uh was the arabic commentator not not commentator the host host he did a really good job and he gave us a tour around uh the area some of the area at least they had like a little korea town for example uh they had two big esports organization buildings which one of them is called Falcon, I think, and the other one I can't remember. It was like a YouTube team. But these buildings are enormous, and for this two-month period, the players or the streamers are living in the venue, and they have meet-and-greets all the time. They have a ton of different things to do with the, the people that show up. Like It's completely fucking next level. Like Stuff that I've never even thought or imagined could be possible in the esports realm. Just insane. Um how i feel like this was hard to gauge how big was the crowd because this sounds like the whole setup was had the potential to be huge but people so didn't go or think of it as a bunch of relatively big buildings scattered mm -hmm. throughout an enormous area 
we were in like the production area where the right. panel was and all that. And well, Kezu and I and, and Cap and SVG were like literally just a small room by ourselves. It was like <laughs> very not exciting. Uh, okay. But then in another big building next door, that's where the crowd was. And when I say crowd, it's like 50 people. It's like not a big, it's like 50 to 100 people. It's like super small. Was that the capacity or how many people went? Capacity. It was not big. What? But that was just one like little section of it. We go to another part of the state, another section of that building, and uh, we see there was another game they were doing. It was like PUBG Mobile or something, and we're looking at the screens. It's like, I cannot tell you fucking massive this is, but again, crowd is not big. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's hard to explain. I took some videos and some pictures, but mm -hmm. there was just a ton of stuff to do, and it's pretty incredible. And one of the things Fancy was telling me, he mentioned like that one of these esports orgs had their building made in three weeks. And I'm like, how is that literally possible? It's a big building, okay? Like from ground up, three weeks. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is what, <laughs> this is how much money they're working with. I mean, so, that also doesn't necessarily sound like that's safe. No, just, just wait. So the, Saudi Arabia hires, mm -hmm. this is what they, how they explain it. They hired the four best construction companies in the world, and they each created teams that worked for six hours a day, every single day. Okay. So it's back to back to back. It's 24 hours straight of construction for three weeks. So if you put it together like that, it makes more sense. That's crazy. It's actually insane. So they just make these massive things out of nowhere. So it's almost like seasons. This is season two of Gamers 8. So next season, there's going to be different stuff that gets replaced or they move things here and there. It's almost like modular in a way, right? Uh, I, I find it, I guess I find it weird and at the same time not weird that there's no audience capacity. If the, But like, if you're putting in this much effort and this much money into making this, why not make it like grandiose on an audience scale as well like when you build an arena or whatever like oh, maybe I, I, maybe there aren't enough do they people feel there. like there's yeah that's like is it just because the there's not enough locals that would go and watch and they wouldn't expect enough people to fly in to watch it maybe possibly but that's just it's very that's just very unusual, I want to say, for something like this, that you invest this heavily in something like this, but you don't make it crowd-friendly whatsoever. So have right. this like, grandiose show with no audience. No, it's definitely it's unusual. Very unusual. And something I didn't get to partake in because we were casting, uh, there is a bigger arena area that seats 10,000 people, mm -hmm. and that's uh, where Imagine Dragons <laughs> showed up and had a concert, apparently. I see. So... Yeah, they, they definitely have the capacity to do something like that, but I would think that there's not enough people in that area that would want to watch Dota. Like, I know right. there's a prince that was watching a lot of the Dota that was, I don't know what prince it is, but watching a lot of the Dota mm -hmm. going on, which is pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's that whole area that we were casting in. And then I'll quickly talk about my experience as a whole. Uh... I had the best shawarma I've ever had in my life, Cinderin. Okay, so let me tell you about this, okay? Yeah. Very important. Yes. I used to have amazing shawarmas in Saudi Arabia when I used to live there. Mm -hmm. I bear, like, 
it's been so long that you build it up in your head and you're like, there's no way it can be that good, right? It's like, obviously, mm-hmm. it's just when I was a kid, it's nostalgic, whatever. So I get to Riyadh and I start asking some people that are locals what the best shawarma place is that I can go because that's literally the only thing I care about is finding a nice place to eat. And I asked four people throughout my entire duration. Mm-hmm. They all give me the exact same place. It's called mm-hmm. Mama Nura's. We go there and I'm trying to remember like what I used to have. I know I used to have a chicken shawarma. I don't remember any of the ingredients. I don't even remember if I had hot sauce or not, right? So we order the shawarmas. There's just chicken. And I open the hot sauce bottle that's on the table and I smell it. Mm-hmm. Fucking instantly, all these memories flood into me that I didn't know I had. It's insane. Like, holy shit, this is the exact hot sauce I used to have. Then I put it on it, and I taste it. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I can't believe I remember this when I didn't know I had the memory mm-hmm. itself. Uh, best shawarma I've ever had, easily. Very simple. It's in a pita, chicken mm-hmm. uh, from like the spindle or whatever they usually use. has garlic sauce in it, which was S-tier. One Middle Eastern pickle, which is different than a regular pickle. Very good. And then the hot sauce. That's it. Mm-hmm. Fucking S-tier. They're like this big. How big would you say this is in centimeters? Uh, that's very hard to gauge when I'm looking at a camera. It's about the size like, of a my... penis. How big is a penis in uh, centimeters? I'm supposed to gauge from you holding up two fingers to a camera how far apart they are. I don't know how far away your face is right. from your fingers. Whatever, whatever this, this length is, it's not that big. They're relatively okay. small, but... They were very, they're less than $2 and I would eat four of them. I was fat. Most people would eat three, but I had four and I gained a lot of weight. I took, I went four different times. I went four times to this place and I took different people with me every time. Kezu came with me three times. Everybody, almost, okay, not everybody, 90% of the people thought it was S tier and they wanted to keep coming. A couple people were like, it's very good, but not the best I've had. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Jack of all people said it was okay. And I said, I asked him, what rating would you give it? He says, eight out of 10. Like, you give, how is that okay? It's a fucking eight out of 10? Fuck you, Jack. You suck. No, but that's, so that's the thing that's happened over time, right? When, when we were kids, Shannon, okay was five out of 10, right? Yeah. That's okay. That's like average. That's fine. Nowadays, if something isn't a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10, it's not even worth mentioning it, you know? Mm. Like, the, I don't know when this kind of happened. <clears throat> I'm going to sound very old right now, but I feel like at some point in our lives, the way people rate things and what is considered all right or good value has really shifted. Like, it's completely fine to go for something that's like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. That can be really good. It could be an exceptional value, and it doesn't make it bad that it's not a 10 out of 10 because... If everything you're going for is a 10 out of 10, you're going to be disappointed almost every single time because guess what? What makes a 10 out of 10 is the fact that it is outstanding. So that's not what you're going to get most of the time. That's why 10 out of 10s are so fucking cool is when you find it. Like Hades. Like a game that out of nowhere, you're like, holy shit, this game is fucking incredible for what it cost, for what amount of effort was put into it or whatever. What amount of money they had to make it with. It's the same with food. It's like, 
Sometimes you go somewhere, it's relatively cheap, but it's really fucking good. I would say, so we went in Berlin, right? We went to this um, kebab place or Durham place, Döner yeah. place, they yeah. call it there. Uh, what was it called? Uh, something with tea. I can't remember either. I, I, I don't remember the exact name, but we went there and it was, it was relatively cheap, but it was really good value, right? Mm. Would I say it's some of the best food I've ever had in my life? No, but it was really fucking good value. So, I mean, well, that's, that's great. This right? was some of the best food I've ever had and it was cheap. But, yeah, I mean, that's it's partly nostalgic probably as well. But Kezu agrees with me. A bunch of people agree like, with me. S tier. Okay. S tier. If you don't think it's the best ever, you think it's like, okay. An 8 out of 10 is not okay. Let's just establish that, yes. okay? An 8 out of 10 is bare minimum good or very good. I would say it's very okay good, 8 out of 10. Yeah. 8 out of 10 is Nine very 10 good. Is outstanding, and 10 out of 10 is the best you've ever had of yeah. something, right? That's right. So, yeah, fucking Jack, man. Can't trust that guy. So there was... We'll never have him as a guest on the podcast again. That's right, never again. That's the only yeah. reason why. Uh, yeah. So I went next door, which they had like a little grocery store, and I bought the hot sauce, and I brought it back home with me. It's called Crystal. Oh. And I looked it up on Amazon, and they have the same company, uh, but the things that they're selling are, Lu- it, it says it's Louisiana. They, they theme it as being Louis- from Louisiana. So I don't know if it's Is actually the, the same. the same product? I don't know. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order it, and then I'm going to compare it's but, entirely possible because this is what happens with a lot of other foods in America, right? Is that the American version is sweeter. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just a thing for a lot of products. So it's possible you can't get... Even if there's something that is supposedly the same product. We've talked about this with even something as basic, you would think, as a Snickers bar mm. is different it's not the in, same. Yeah. in America and in, in Europe. It's just a different product. So, or I say Europe, I don't think it's every country, but the Danish Snickers and the Swedish Snickers, we both agree are definitely different from the American ones. Yeah. Uh, Cause you've been to Sweden a couple of times in That's the studio. Right. Their Snickers suck ass. Yeah. So and that, they're better than the American ones. There you go. It's palate. Right? That's the shawarma story. And then the last thing mm-hmm. I'll talk about is, uh, Saudi Arabia in general. So oh, yeah. Cause you, last time you were there was when, okay. So I was. I was 10 years old. That's when I moved back to the U.S. That's okay, so tw- like 50 years ago? <laughs> Close. 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very hot, but it's. I come from Arizona, so it was actually exactly the same weather. And so I guess some things that I didn't know if they had changed, because I don't really keep up with how things are in Saudi Arabia, but I remember not liking a few things. And a lot of it has been changed. So I will say this. So the bad things, they're, you know, the human rights issue with like women, it's gotten a lot better. I will say that, but it's still not where we'd like it to be, of course. Um, but the things that have dramatically changed, first of all, it's been westernized way more than I was anticipating. Now, keep in mind, I've never been to Riyadh before the area that i lived in was not close but either way there are so many fast food chains and restaurant chains that are western based that it blew my mind like basically everything you can find almost anything there now uh also (laughs) a couple things that i that really scared me as a kid are not there anymore uh there was these things called matawas 
aka the religious police, which mm-hmm. would walk around with their huge beards and they'd literally be holding AK forty sevens to uh and they'd be coupled with like a police officer to keep the peace, quote unquote. That always scared the shit out of me. Those were banned like over a decade ago, I think. So that's no longer a thing. And I always heard stories. I never saw it myself, but this was a thing back in the day that they didn't really have trials so much as they would, if somebody stole something, they'd round them up and they'd gather people around in the market or wherever and they'd chop their hand off. And if somebody was accused of murder or adultery or something like that, they'd do the same thing, except they'd chop their head off in front of everybody, whoever's just nearby. They'd create a, a circular... Apparently, they don't do that anymore. So that's good. <laughs> uh, so a lot Yay, of progress, a lot of, I mean, it, it is though, like a lot of these Middle Eastern countries sure. are very slow to progress. And I would say Saudi Arabia, based on my experience as, uh, and this is not, sounds like I'm sp- sponsored by Saudi Arabia. That's, I, this is genuinely how I feel. It has gotten so much better than I remember that. It is definitely good progress so far. Still some work to do, of course. But overall, I was really happy with the experience. I had a lot of fun like just being in the country that I was born in. It was very cool. Um, I wish I could have gone out more and done stuff, but people weren't as uh, receptive or either that or they were just too busy to go with me. Other than for shawarma, of course. If there was shawarma, mm-hmm. then occasionally people would come. There's a city called Diarrhea that I really wanted to go to. but uh, Oh, we, uh, you wanted to take like one of those old like road trip pictures of you standing next to the sign and pointing at it, right? <laughs> or did you want to actually take a shit on the sign? Yeah, I don't command? know. I'm not sure. Diarrhea. It seems like next time. Next time I'm Riyadh, like, go to diarrhea. If you do that in public, they might cut off your butt cheeks. Though. <laughs> so, That's right. That. You do have to be careful. So that was the Riyadh Masters. I had a hell of a lot of fun. Um, very nostalgic. I. I really wanted to go. Uh, I wanted my brother to come so we could, you know, extend our trip and check out our actual hometown that I actually grew up in. But his work did not give him the time off, so that will have to wait for another time. So, uh, okay. Next topic, real briefly, I wanted to give a shout out to Slacks because he came out with an SFM during the tournament, a ten-year anniversary Dota. SFM. Have you seen it? No. Oh my god. Okay, well, I, sh- I should have asked you beforehand. Uh, I'll link it in the description. I guess it's just a quick one then. The best SFM that's ever been made. It's as I said, a 10 year anniversary. It goes through I mean, I'm not going to spoil it. You guys just have to watch it. It's the, actually the best SFM ever made. Incredible. Really, really well done. And it's too bad Valve didn't come out with some. That would have been perfect if it was Valve. But either way, it was still really good. Unbelievably good. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> Wanted to briefly discuss Grubby. Syndrome. Oh. So Grubby has reached Divine after roughly 300 days of playing Dota. That's pretty fucking impressive. I, th- I figured we'd talk about that for a little bit. I don't know if we made predictions. I don't think we did when he first came. We definitely on did not scene. make predictions on <laughs> Grubby. We made well, predictions on the tournament, though, that we didn't go over at all. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, we'll go over that after, after okay. the Grubby. Sure. I mean, when we first talked about Grubby, when he first came on the scene, we were really excited, and I'm really happy he's been continuing to play. I did not expect him to get Divine this fast, though. I don't know about you. That seems pretty damn fast. How, how much MMR is Divine? I don't know. I don't really know the medals. Let's say it's 4.7k. Is it that high? Something like that. 4.7. Okay. Chat saying 4.5. Everything between 4.5 to 6k. Uh, it's definitely not <laughs> 6k. No. <laughs> it's not 6k. 6k is immortal, I think. Low immortal. Or, or divine 5 at the bare minimum. Did I expect... Am I surprised? No. Absolutely not. Because... I don't know if you ascribe or subscribe to this idea of something like... I remember talking to a friend of mine about this a while back, about like game IQ, you know? Mm. Like some people are just quote unquote good at games. That's also what you say, right? If, you're, if you've been an elite player in any video game, I would, I would dare say this. If you've been an elite player in any video game ever, you will be good at games. I just think it's not possible to become incredibly good in one game and have no game sense in general in other games. What that means is, if you're an exceptional Warcraft 3 player, which he was, and also very good in StarCraft 2, or if you're insane at FIFA, I think if you're that good at a game... I disagree. You have, you have an inherent... How to say... I would say you have an inherent understanding of how to acquire skill in games. Then it's about whether you want to do it or not. So, for example, I have played a shitload of Dota. I'm good at Dota. When I go into a new game, I might start off slow, but then you reach some sort of level of understanding, and then you can put a lot of the concepts and understanding of games in general that you have into place. I'm not good at Counter-Strike. I understand what it takes to be good at Counter-Strike, but you need to put in a shitload of effort, obviously, to get good, right? And I don't play the game very much. Grubby played a lot of Dota, and he's good at games, and he had... Multiple things going his way. First of all, he's good at games. He put in a shitload of time and effort. He had a very open-minded learning mindset. So he was actively trying to improve every day. A lot of people just play games for fun, which is completely fine. That's but he me. Was trying to get better. Uh, he had coaching from elite players, which is obviously a huge shortcut. So if you add all of those things together, I'm not really surprised he made Divine in a year. I think that's it's a really great accomplishment that most people wouldn't. But I'm not surprised Grubby was able to do it, to be honest. Okay, so this is where I'm going to... So first so what of all, did you disagree with about games that I said? Yeah, so first of all, congrats to Grubby. I don't disagree yeah, with... congrats, of course. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I never really thought about how long it would take him to get Divine, but... Mm-hmm. Was under that his goal, or...? I, don't, no, I think he wants to get to Immortal, is what I understand. Okay. But <clears throat> under a year, very impressive. Okay, so back to the top. I disagree that if you're good at one game, you're going to be good at another. Now, from Grubby's perspective... Like mm-hmm. Warcraft, Starcraft, all these types of games, I think they directly relate to Dota. Okay. I think if you 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 pass by enough genres, I don't think it's that helpful anymore. To some degree, I understand what you're saying. I think in a small sense, maybe there's something extra there. But I don't like if let's say somebody's twenty years old and they're really mm-hmm. good at FPS games. I don't think that necessarily means that they will ever be good at like Dota, for example. Okay, let me just let me explain it fully, then maybe you'll agree more or maybe you won't. But he is elite in one game, okay? He was like top 
0.001% whatever of Warcraft 3 players, right, at the time. So he was like absolute world elite. It was a very popular game. He was among the best of the best. He is not elite in Dota. I'm not saying because he was an outstanding elite player in Warcraft 3, he can go pro in Dota. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're elite in one game, you should be able to get at least decent at every game. That's my opinion. It's like... Because like, well, now you lowered the bar quite a bit. When no, what you said no, because that's not what I said. I didn't say he was elite in Warcraft Three. Therefore, he's <laughs> going to be elite in Dota. That's not what I said. I no, said I if you're elite so. in one game, you will be good at games in general. And divine, <clears throat> how good is it? Right? Then we're going to have like these discussions of okay, because like if somebody asks you, are you good? Are you good at bowling? Are you good at at pool? Are you good at basketball? Like, how do you answer? It's like. I'm pretty good, you know, I'm, I'm better than many people. I'm not better than the good ones. Like, there's obviously a huge step up to actual good players, but I'm decent. Like, where are you if you're divine? Is that like top 2% of players? Top 3% of players, maybe? I don't Something know. Something like this? So, it's definitely very good, but it's not even remotely close to the actually really good players, right? Like, Grubby will get his ass handed to him by a lot of players around the world, and... He will, if he continues his current work ethic for multiple years, he will probably still not be an elite player. So, but with that said, he's still good at the game, right? Compared to the amount of time he's put in. And that's what I was going to say. If he put in, okay, let me explain it this way. If he put in the same amount of time and effort as he did in Dota in any other video game, I think he would be a similar rank in that video game. Disagree. So if he, Hard if he disagree. Competitively, if he really tried to play FIFA... For 300 days and really put an effort yeah i think he would I, probably be divine in fifa in 300 days i i don't think i think i think he could be divine in csgo in 300 days i probably. don't i don't think that's the true. skill sets are not identical there are some games you're inherently going to be better at than others right of course so like i think his skill set is good for dota so he will be better at dota than he would at the other games i just mentioned so but I, think, I think what you're i feel like what you're trying to say is you're taking the work ethic part from being a really the good work player ethic, at something. The dedication and his game sense, right? Yeah, but I think it's, you take it's any... It's hard to imagine... You take the best worth ethic in the world and put it mm -hmm. on just some random person. It doesn't mean that it can be... I think some people just cannot be good at certain games. Period. That's how well, What I do you consider good? Like, really good. Elite. Okay. He's not really good at Dota. He's good. I think yeah. there's... You're saying if I'm somebody saying. is elite in one game, then they will be good at every game if they want to be, and I disagree with that. There's no way that's true. If Divine is good, then I think he could be good in any game. Yes. Okay. I think so. I'm interested to see what our chat... What type our, of game do you think Grubby could not be good in? Well, it, first of all, <laughs> it's not about Grubby, okay? This is, <laughs> this, okay. Is just, this is just a hypothetical person. I think, like, taking somebody in Dota, Warcraft, like, these... Mm -hmm strategy games and putting right. them in fps game they could be good but you're mm -hmm. saying they will be good if they want to be and i don't think that's true i think plenty of people would want to be good in fps game that play strategy they fucking blow ass and vice versa like, so I, I don't think, think it translates let, at all. let me give you a hypothetical example do you think there's a dota pro total elite player right now that you give 300 days of playing counter-strike six hours a day gets they get coaching and they overall are really trying to get better at the game and they will still be shit. Do you think there's any pro player in Dota that wouldn't be at least good at Counter-Strike after a full year of really trying to get better? Do you actually think so? I think some would be shit still, yeah. 
like what do you consider shit? Like you think some would still be like silver or yeah, silver after 300 gold. days of genuinely trying well, to get better. So do you what, think so? Divine in Dota is like yeah. is that like eagle in CS? Is that roughly equivalent? DMG maybe? Or the rank above? What's the rank above DMG? There's like two eagles eagle? and then there's like the big boy one which is immortal, right? So I think divine is similar to the eagles. That's how I remember it. Maybe things have changed. So no, I don't think, I think a lot of players would not make it to Eagle at all. Especially since it's a game that is so evolved, right? It's been out for so long. It's not like you're starting out. It's not like you're playing Neon Prime at Mm -hmm. the start with everybody else. Hey, I, this is an interesting topic. I, I, I would definitely say that any elite player in any game can apply their worth ethic and skills to at least get to that kind of level in a game if they commit that much time and effort. And I'm not saying that to take this away from Grubby and be like, oh, anybody could do that. <laughs> that is not the, the line I'm going for here. It's more like this is a really, a, for me, this is a great proof of concept of how people that are exceptionally good at games can transfer their skills. And maybe it's unfair because it's warcraft to dota there's like some overlap right he's good with certain micro aspects of the game because he's microed a lot in warcraft 3 etc so yeah he might not have been as good in an fps as he's in dota after 300 days let's I think go it would be probably let's close. go to an extreme okay, okay. this is what i would sure. consider to be an extreme mm-hmm. take somebody i don't want to name names let's right. say a big streamer mm-hmm. in Call of Duty, modern, whatever the fuck the newest game is that's the PUBG equivalent for Call of Duty. Okay. They play on a controller. You take that person yeah. that's really fucking good at the game and have them play Dota yeah. for 300 days. They try really hard. I would say chances are they're going to be fucking absolute garbage after 300 days still. Like they would be at best, what's, what's like legend? At best, legend. Is that what comes below divine? Divine, that, no, that's ancient, ancient, right? Legend. So legend is like three k. You're taking a guy that plays controller, mm-hmm. uses a fucking controller in an FPS game, has never played a strategy game in his life, and you're saying in 300 days they could be. I just, I divine. just completely disagree. I you think, think if that they, they could be divine. Of, if they put in effort and they get, I'm not saying. I mean, the coaching is even an extra aspect here. Sure. Like, let's not even take that as part of the equation, but that obviously helps as well, right? But if you're really determined to get better at a video game and you have the work ethic and the understanding of how to acquire skills, which you must have in order to get better at a game, you have to understand how to get better or it doesn't just happen, right? I just, I just don't think so. <laughs> I think there are this plenty of people. This would be a really people... interesting experiment to run, but like nobody's going to sign up for it. Nobody like, wants to play oh, yeah, Dota. Just play a yeah. year. <laughs> Nobody wants to play Dota. Not I in think, any game, right? I think there's plenty of people. You need to want to, right? I think there's plenty of people that would be able to do it. I'm... So what are we arguing about? You say every single one of them could do it, and I vehemently disagree with that. I think if you're elite in any video game, you have good game IQ, and therefore you will be able to become good at any game. Not elite at every game, but you will be able to become good. Because the people you're playing against, the player pool, the vast majority of them don't have your talent in games in general. Mm. So that means their ceiling of where they're going to get to with the amount of time they're willing to put in, with the amount of approach, the, the approach they right, generally have can... to game, with the amount of everything, you will be able to reach their level way faster. And you will plateau way higher than a lot Let, of players. Let's, let's, so just, yeah. let's switch to a different topic. Real-life sports, traditional sports. You take okay. an elite basketball player and yeah. tell them to play soccer. 
I think yeah. plenty of them will still fucking suck balls after 300 days. I think they will be way better than people that are not elite in another sport. The only reason the in that case that they'd effort. be... Well, of course, because you're, you're talking about world-class athletes that are already in shape, right? Take that aspect There's, out of it. Yeah. Just the skill. Okay. <laughs> How do you do that? That's, well, part, of, but that that's part of being good at sports is having the body. That's an undeniable part of the game. Yeah, but the body doesn't exist in esports. The, the body doesn't exist. That's why I'm trying to eliminate that aspect. Sure. That's also why the comparison doesn't really make sense. Because there's no... Jesus Christ. All right, just let us know who you agree with. We're going on too long with this fucking garbage-ass topic. It's supposed to be a congratu oh, love discussing with congratulatory thing for Mr. Grubby. Yeah. Who apparently could very, have easily gotten okay. divine after 300 this days. Is a very, this is very impressive, and the reason <laughs> he's able to do this is that he is very good at games. He put in the time and effort, and he tried to get better. If people don't try the way he did, you're not going to put any ex-pro of any game into Dota, give them 300 days, and they're going to reach his level. He did it because he genuinely really tried and because he's talented and skilled. So this is still, all things considered, though, we just talked about. I think this is a remarkable achievement, personally. Um, but the reason I'm not surprised is that I hold this guy in high regard, and I was expecting he would be able to do something like this. So he has a great attitude for getting I better. I agree with that because he played other strategy games before understood okay all right i think we've hit our limit for for the podcast today appreciate it everybody yeah these other topics <sighs> that we have they can just roll over to the next week they're not it's twitter but, like but everybody wants to hear about twitter becoming x <laughs> <laughs> this I, can't wait you know till what? next week this I is pressing I, <laughs> I feel like i want to delete this topic i just never want to mention this idiot's name ever again on the podcast I, actually, like, I wish I could go back in time 15 minutes and not talk about Grubby so we could spend 15 minutes talking about Twitter becoming X. Yeah. All right. Make sure uh, you guys watch this VOD on YouTube and you'll be able to see the X on X.com being X'd out. I don't even know what adjectives to use for this fucking garbage thing. You know what? I'm deleting that topic. This is us talking about it. So congratulations <laughs> to you. We Elon. mentioned it. He's Congrats, it. Twitter. Yeah. All right. Until next time, Suns fan Cinder and signing out. Peace out, everybody. Peace. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. Thanks for listening. And follow us on X. Anything.